Welcome to the UAC podcast. UAC was founded to create a place where the most successful chiropractors from different backgrounds and from around the world could come together to mastermind and create lasting friendships. Our profession is unique and surrounding yourself with a genius inside of UAC is a formula to grow personally and professionally into the life you've always known you are capable of achieving. Welcome to Chiropractic's Brain Trust. Uh, we just are starting out our day uh, today here. We just got done with Zach Bush. We're in beautiful Austin, Texas. Yeehaw! Um, with their UAC. And we're interviewing Jeff Langmaid today. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I love the setup and uh, happy to take part and answer any questions. I'm an open book. so <laughs> Great. Let's dive in. So when I was uh, thinking about all the questions that I had for you, I'm like, oh no, there's too much. Because your brain, I know, is just your you know, you've got so much in there. I know you're an expert on YouTube and uh, digital marketing and, and you help chiropractors to be able to optimize their businesses digitally. So we definitely want to talk about that. Um, what what have you been up to lately? That's a good question. I've been <laughs> I've been spending some time with people that you know very well. Uh, so Cairo Matchmakers has been really growing this year, helping a ton of docs really around the world at this point find staffing solutions, whether they're looking for a coverage doc, whether they're looking to expand and grow their team with a new CA team member, or whether it's an associate doc, that business has been uh, taking up a lot of time in a great way because it's been helping so many docs. Outside of that, um, within the smart chiropractor, we're finishing up a book. Uh, Jason and I are finishing up a book that we're going to be releasing called The Payday Practice. So that's something exciting on our plate. And as always, kind of the evidence-based chiropractor has its podcast going and that kind of thing. So I've been busy, but I will say absolutely thrilled to be busy because I know that so many people around the world had challenges over the last year, but I think a lot of us within chiropractic saw really our communities thrive, right? Our micro communities are those people that we resonate with. And I can say the same with my businesses as well. So it's been good. So thank you, first of all, for the evidence-based chiropractic podcast, because I just have been checking into that. And I too have like that, I'll, we'll, we'll just call it a nerd brain. Right? I just like love yeah, you, information. You can I say it. You just say it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so every Monday morning, you know, I pull it up and, and it's just like a, it's a snapshot really of research that you pull together and, and bite-sized forms you know, because who has time to sit there and read it all? So thank you for breaking that down. I was reading your um, reviews and you have lots of student reviews. You have yep. lots of great reviews on that podcast, but lots of students saying like, thank you so much. And um, is it a passion project? Like where did that come out of? Yeah, that's a great question. So if I trace it back, I will say it was on accident. So meaning, I don't know, it's been five years now, weekly episodes, and I missed like three weeks um, in five years two due to posting errors and one due to hurricane. So, and I record, I don't batch record. I record everything the week of for over five years or 275 episodes maybe in now. So over five years, I record an episode every single week. And the goal is not what I started as, but I started, I was just like, man, I don't think I can do like two hours like Tim Ferriss or something. That's just a long time. Like that's, a, that's a way too much of a commitment. So I was like, well, I'll just keep the episodes around 20 minutes. It wasn't until like the 20th episode. I'm like, oh, this is research and marketing in the time it takes to get to your practice. And I, I was like, so it was, it was an afterthought. And then I was speaking with somebody just a few minutes ago at lunch. And I was like, man, I listened back to like the first 40 episodes. And they're so, uh, you know, I'm like, I, you know, I was different back then a half decade ago. But it's like, hey. I'm like, how did anybody listen to this? This is terrible, right? So it's been a learning process. I just thought like, okay, this is a new medium. 
it's kind of cool. I think I might have something to, you know, to say, but it's evolved throughout time to be something that's been probably the biggest channel that if anybody knows me or the brand, the evidence-based chiropractor, they, many people more than any other way say, oh, I listened to the podcast. I checked it out. So I think that that's super cool. And hopefully my goal with that is to do exactly what you said, which is take the complexities of research and try to drill it down into like, okay, like what's the takeaway and how could you potentially use this in communicating with other healthcare providers or with your patients? So that's always the lens that I look at it through because I always think back and man, I'm like the last time like when I didn't have to look at PubMed anymore after school, I was like, I'm never looking at it again. Right. Because (laughs) the papers are so challenging to break down and it's a pain in the butt. It's a pain point for so many docs, but with what I was doing already, I was kind of forced into checking it all out anyway. So it just made sense to like, how can I get this in somewhat of a digestible form in a way that hopefully helps a doc have a takeaway, a communication point. And now it's just now, now after doing it for so long, so many weeks in a row, it's like, all right, I just can't break it. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't stop. So now there's positive momentum. So we're grateful to have you in the profession and UAC for that exact reason, because that's that information is awesome. Just looking at the different kinds of businesses and things like that, that you're involved in, like, uh, part of this podcast is all about getting like to the juice of you and like really understanding you. So what's the, what is it that you feel like is the genius inside of you that you're bringing out through these different businesses that you're able to like kind of shine into the chiropractic field? Thank you. I think I'll say hopeful genius because it's always a work in progress, right? So I strive for that. Um, but I would say the, the biggest thing for me is I guess if I looked at tenants of what I hold true to myself, and then I would break it off into what am I interested in business, right? So if I look at tenants that I hold true to myself, I would say uh, I'm very consistent. I am very much about, uh, you know, striving and, and really, you know, sort of achieving to a certain degree. So those are things that are internal things that I try to live up to and probably just uh, habits and, uh, you know, aspects of my personality. On the other side, it's what am I interested in business and what kind of drives that? And I think a lot of it comes down to helping chiropractors. And that sounds very simple, yeah. uh, but it's in, but it, it really is. I always, you know, trace it all the way back, literally 100 years. My great grandfather went to Palmer in the 1920s when BJ was that's still studying awesome. there. I got all this cool stuff that's le- that was left to me from him. And I think about, man, chiropractors were being jailed then. And they didn't have any of these wonderful opportunities. There was no research. Like, there was no anything. Right. Like, it was whatever whatever Didi and Paul and BJ were coming up with was maybe all there was. But there wasn't that much. They didn't have the ability to communicate. They didn't have all of these legs of that we can stand on, you know, today to be able to showcase who we are and what we do as chiropractors. And I'm going to say almost regardless, of, there's so many different types of chiropractors. Right. Now there's chiropractors that are so interested in sports and pediatrics and all of these fantastic ways that you can go with your practice. And if you look now, over the last 20 years, all of this plethora of research showcasing how effective we are, how safe it is, and how much we can help overall quality of life beyond just pain and beyond just recovery and rehab. And I think that that is so exciting. And it's hard to keep up with. So hopefully my small (laughs) job in all this is to help chiropractors by helping translate that, hopefully open their eyes to new things that they might not have heard of so that they can have improved communications and conversations with the people in their community. And if that rises all the boats, then if I do a small part in that, I'm happy. Now. Oh, I love <laughs> it. That's awesome. Well, I didn't know that that was your history. Do you have any really like fun stories from like that, that era? That- so, it's, a good, it's a good question. So I would say I have a couple really cool 
one one of the things, and, and uh, I showed it to to, to Mark and Stephen and, and Alan at my house a few weeks ago, was I received a, I guess it would be called a business, it's a business card, but it's not what we think of a business card today. It was like a business card for 100 years ago. And it's like, <laughs> just keep smiling, it says on the back. And then uh. on the front, it has like a portrait of him, which is, looks like old fashioned type of portrait. Um, and then there's a receipt. And on the receipt, it says, three dollars and they're like man i can't believe it was three dollars for an adjustment that's there was no money i was like look closer that was three dollars for six adjustments it was 50 cents no an adjustment. Yeah. <laughs> which was probably oh probably was still gosh. a lot of money back then <laughs> right. this guy's so expensive right um but anyway so to have just those sort of little things i think is like pretty cool i have his com at the commencement um from the 1923 graduation that's wow. like leather bound and all this stuff so i got some really cool stuff that was passed down and through but uh it's yeah, it's wild to look back and think back. We were just saying it the other day. It was like, man, that was oh, 99 years ago. That seems like just yesterday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So just that, having that context, like looking back to look forward, right? Um, Jeff, you've been a member of UAC for how long? Uh, probably going on two years now. I okay. Say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Time flies. <laughs> um, so what would you say UAC has meant to you? What what? How would you describe it? Well, I think the biggest thing for me is. I guess two things. It's the ability to connect with other, you know, other chiropractors, other people in and around the chiropractic profession and healthcare. That's one thing that's extremely important to me. I think it's great to go to to an event where you know you get to meet new people, you get to see old friends, and everybody's there for the common, you know, common reasons. And I think that that's a unique thing. It's not like you're going to learn in a CE seminar, which we all have to do, and you can get great stuff out of that, but it's wildly different because it enables you to form real connection, human connection beyond just the classroom. And the way that the events are built is encouraging to that. So that's, you know, great. You know, I think it, and it provides an opportunity with the second piece of it, which is really to understand more about what others are doing and where there's synergies. A lot of my involvement in Cairo Matchmakers came out of UAC. Yeah. So, you know, I had known Stephen for a few years and then I met, you know, Mark and Alan through UAC mostly. And then that's where that sort of spider web went. So I, I think it's, it's fantastic to see. I just look back just in myself in the last 24 months and say, man, this has really in a positive way changed the trajectory of what I was doing, opened up new opportunities. And I'm constantly impressed by sort of the new people I meet. And I'm an introvert by nature, so I am definitely somebody who's, <laughs> I'm happy just to be, you know, chilling in the back. But even with that, everybody's so welcoming and warm. It makes it easy, I feel like, regardless of what your personality type is, to really feel a connection. You'll find those individuals that you resonate with, that resonate with you, and hopefully also stretch things a little bit. You brought up uh, Dr. Bush earlier today, and you know he definitely is you know, pushing the envelope in terms totally. of consciousness and how you think about life and how we're connected. And that's, I love that because that's not what, I, that's not the world I live in every day. And I love being exposed to it and seeing new ideas, people that are really making things happen and understanding more, the more that, you can stretch your comfort zone and learn about other ways other people are seeing things. I think you can only bring positive benefits back to your practice or your business. That's so well put, Jeff. Thank you. Um, and, you know, you talk about the, the collaborations and the spider web that has come up. And more and more we're seeing that within the UAC. And that's just the coolest manifestation of, I think, what the original vision was. Um, so to that, Alan and I were just speaking in the hall. And he said, you have to ask Jeff about his YouTube wisdom, <laughs> his yeah. wizardry. Or, you know, so I want to get into that a little bit. What What's the pain point for 
you know, in the, that digital space for chiropractors and, and how is it that you come in and help fill that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing with YouTube for many docs is there's just a fear of being on camera, right? So if we just break down, um, you know, the platform and the challenges, if, I'll, I guess I'll switch to the platform first. No, number one is Google owns YouTube and YouTube is the second largest search platform in the world other than Google. So, right, so they are the same entity and it is where people are looking for information. So the question is, is that do you want to be the one answering their questions or not? And if you do, then YouTube is a great place to be. And there's nothing that builds connection more through a social context than video, right? It's different than text. It's different than a blog. And people really build connections quicker with who they get to visually see and learn from beyond just the written word. I love the written word in blogs and books, but there's something special about video. And that's something that if you're getting out there and kind of proactively answering the questions that the people in your community are already asking and searching for, well, guess what? They're gonna, you're gonna build no trust and like factor. You are going to become their default expert. And if and when they are ready for care, you're gonna be the first person that they think of. So those are some of the important points, I think, in terms of why you should be there, is it is a place where people in your community are already looking for information. And if you wanna be the one answering their questions, it's a place you have to be. So then we take it into the second, we say, well, what's kind of the hangups? What are the biggest challenges that docs have? And the first one is shooting the videos, right? It's like, you know, do I, you know, it's like every, you know, like, I need this gear, I need that gear. You know, there's a million excuses not to do it, right? right. Um, and then, so the most important thing I always say is just to get started. So if you look at my, I'll tell this story because it's, it's actually, uh, it's somewhat embarrassing, but my, uh, <laughs> I, the first video I ever shot, I shot it upstairs in my room. It took me like four hours and it was about office coverage stuff. And I looked at it afterward and it took me four hours, a 30 second you know, uh, video. And it, I literally looked like I was in a hostage situation. I'm like, hey, What's going on? Like, have you ever wanted to cover it? You know, and I'm like, oh my gosh. But I'm like, had a gun. Yeah, no. and it's, yeah, and it took me like four hours to do it. And then it gets even worse because then I show my wife and she's like, why are you talking weird? And I'm like, oh my, it's like every ounce of, of co you know, confidence I'd ever built in my entire life washed away with the simple line of why are you talking weird? I'm like, this was four hours of work. But the most important thing is, you know, is just getting the reps in. So my second one was better than that. My third one was better than that. My fourth one, I say, unless you're Ryan Seacrest, nobody came out of the womb ready for video, right? right. So it's yeah. just a skill like anything else. Like your, your, your 10,000th adjustment's better than your first adjustment. Right. Your 10,000th video will be. The most important thing is to get going. And you will build that skill over time. Then I think once you start shooting some videos and you get comfortable, and it's not gonna, here's the beauty. You don't have to shoot 10,000. By the time you shoot your fifth or sixth, you're probably gonna be feeling pretty good about yeah. it. Like, you know, so... I, that's from just a getting started perspective. Then if we go one more level, a little bit more technical, I'd say that's where you want to look at keywords and titling because certainly with the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of hours that are uploaded each and every day, the goal is, hey, you're putting it out there to be found. You want right. people, you want to be answering people's questions. So don't be, I guess what I would say would be sloppy or lackadaisical with you to go through all this effort to create the video and then you post it and you don't have a great title or you don't have a great you know keyword strategy that's going to hurt your opportunity to be found, at which point you might be putting out hundreds of videos over time and it doesn't make any sort of debt. Now, not everything's gonna be viral. What we talk about a lot of times as chiropractors, unless we're trying to be controversial, isn't gonna get, you know, Joe Rogan numbers or Logan Paul right. numbers, right? We're not you know, necessarily gonna get hundreds of millions of views, but even just a few hundred views of you by the right people in and around your community, over time, that starts to build a heck of a lot of credibility. And I think that just the process of going through crafting and creating video 
helps refine your communication strategy because people see the camera and the red light and everybody gets stressed out. So when you can do it like that, now when you go talk to people one-on-one, now when you're going, if you're on stage, maybe you're at a local event, at a, at a breakfast or whatever the case may be, it's going to help you speak more confidently. You're going to be, have absolute clarity on what you're doing because for many, that camera is the toughest moment of their life. So if you can do that, you can absolutely do anything. But once you get through and start uploading those videos, keep an eye, I guess my three takeaways would be keep an eye on your thumbnails, the picture that's shown, because that is a big indicator of whether somebody is going to click a click-through rate. So you want to make sure you have a nice nice picture, and then you want to make sure you have good title and good keyword strategy. Any do's or don'ts for those thumbnails? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think you need to get crazy, right? So, we, I mean, I think there's a lot of chiropractors out there, and we see some that we are, like, maybe tasteless in their approach to what they're putting on YouTube in terms of, you know, adjusting, you know, scantily clad men and women and this sort of thing, right? <laughs> and that's a real thing that generally some of the most popular chiropractic people on YouTube, that's what they do. And I would say for any doc out there, you don't have to do that to be popular. So what are some of the best things you can do? Have a nice, clear picture of what you're talking about. If you're talking about the neck, point at your neck in the picture so that there's a, a cue of what's going to go on. If you're doing a low back, maybe you half bend over. If you're talking about performance or you're talking about a supplement that you love, hold the bottle in that picture so that the person gets it. Sometimes you end up just having like a still image of somebody blankly staring at the camera. That's not very compelling to get somebody to want to click on it. So the best thing you can do is think about, okay, what's this video about? What am I talking about? What's my topic? That's also going to inform your title, right? So your video shouldn't be called video number one, right? You want to make, you know, it's <laughs> a, maybe it's the top five things you need to know to stay healthy utilizing a daily greens, right? That would be something where, okay, I'm, I'm, if I'm searching for, or I reverse engineer what somebody's searching for, I, somebody might search for what are the five reasons I should take a daily green supplement? Well, that's literally a title. You know, the five reasons you should take a daily green supplement. And then in your picture, that's the title of your video. And then your picture, you're holding your favorite greens formula. So this starts to inform how you go about structuring a video to proactively answer the questions that your community might have and then be able to showcase whatever you're talking about in that visual depiction or that thumbnail and image. So how is it that you work with chiropractors doing some of this YouTube stuff? Can so you that a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. most of the most of what we do with that takes place through the smart chiropractor, okay. which the smart chiropractor is all about automating content marketing for doctors. So one of the big we look at that through three lenses. We look at that through social media, email, and streaming video. So we create monthly campaigns, weekly topics, and daily posts, and we automate those through those platforms. So cool. within social. That's where YouTube lies. So for social, we automate posting on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, and on Google My Business. Okay. So Google My Business is one of the four pillars in, underneath our social platform, and that's where we encourage our docs. Man, these are the places that you you know, you you ideally want to be because other people are right. there. Now, not every doc needs to be on every single platform, right. and they might have some that they're passionate about, but the big ones with the most that we've seen. You, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Google My Business tend to drive the most action. Good. Those are good marketing yeah. tools for sure. <laughs> awesome stuff. So, Jeff, we're um, just parting thoughts here. I've got to leave you with this question. This has been a tough year, right, in so many ways. What are you most hopeful about right now? I'm most hopeful for the fact that even in all of this toughness from, you know, 
the political stuff going on to the health stuff, you know, everything. It seems like there has not been a day that there's not some sort of headline that's <laughs> potentially negative, depending upon who you are. And I'm hopeful for the fact that we're still sitting here today having these conversations that, you know, the world and people in general have continued to move along. And I think that that's a really important point as far as I'm concerned. Not everything uh, is going to be perfect the next day. Not everything are every one of us going to be able to make a huge impact on, but we can do our best each and every day. And I would say also it gives us the opportunity to really sit back and think about, hey, who do I want to be and what do I want to do? And not all of us need to do everything. But when we see these overwhelming challenges, I'm hopeful for the fact that, including myself, but I've seen so many other people sort of become more refined in their thinking, sort of more purposefully seek out where they're going to go, who they're going to spend time with, what do they want to read and learn from. And really curating the ecosystem around them has been a big thing that I think is supremely positive as opposed to just whatever comes in unfiltered, you know, remains that way. So I think many people, including myself, have been more mindful of what's on my social feeds, who am I spending time with, what am I searching out, and what do I want to be spending my time doing day in and day out. And the more that we, I think, all think about that and then take action upon it, the happier we're going to be, the better our lives are going to be, the more purposeful they're going to be, and the more people we can impact. So exciting. In that same vein, what's the what's the coolest piece of research or what's got you really like stirred up for the future? For uh, that's, yeah, that's a great question. So I, I've been big the last couple of years. I've been really big into the performance aspect of things. So it kind of tidies into to sports. But one of the most interesting ones I've seen lately that I'm excited to learn more about is increased cortical drive post-adjustment. So what does that mean? It means when, so, when, when somebody was, you know, adjusted, they actually were able to have more strength in gastroc, so in their calves. Like literally there was an increase in how much they could lift. Now, that was a short term. It didn't mean they get one adjustment, you become, you know, Mr. America or something like that, <laughs> right? So there, there, there's context to it, but that starts to become very interesting because not only have we seen that there's, you know, when adjustments delivered that there's, you know, peripheral changes. Not only have we seen that there's brain changes, that there's central nervous system changes, but now we're seeing that there literally can be physical functioning changes. That starts to get really exciting. That research paper actually concludes with something that I find to be fascinating, which is there could be application to what we do in post-stroke care long-term, which I wow. think is a population that, that's a tough population, right? True. And it's not going to be for every chiropractor and it's not going right. to be applied in every single circumstance. But that's something where I look at a, a paper like that and I say, man, I could not imagine something like that being published 25 years ago. And that's something that gets me excited when we see, you know, changes that could take what we do and who we can see even wider and even further and think about the impact that could have on those individuals' lives. So that's just one that comes to mind for me. Awesome. Mm -hmm. It's been so good getting to know you. And um, I hope that everybody feels like they've gotten a little bit of a piece of you and understanding who you are. So thank you so much for being with us today. Appreciate Thanks you both so of you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank <laughs> you.